Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decisions to tune in and invest in yourself today. Here at the Business Creators Radio Show, we help you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from the intersection of your brilliance and your passion as you serve the world from an overflowing cup. And, as the name says, our listeners are indeed business creators. We have our entrepreneurs, our small business owners, our local business owners. We have the marketing and business coaches, consultants, and mentors. We have those who help others create their businesses. And, on the other side of the same coin, we have the do-it-yourselfers, like to run your own businesses and have your own hands on the levers. If you are one or more of the above, if you, like me, are all of the above, take a moment, explore episodes, discover how we serve you, at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to check us out on iTunes and other such networks where our episodes can be found. Be sure to subscribe to get fresh content weekly and immediate access to a treasure trove of over 260 topics and episodes covering a breadth and depth of areas related to business creators today. Very important. Now, Every so often, and this is going to be one of those interesting episodes where we go off on an interesting, I don't want to use the word tangent, but for lack of a word, tangent, because uh, I myself kind of like to geek out on things sometimes. And in a world where we've been taught to think of the brain as an app, apps are exciting. Let's face it, apps are exciting. It was presented to me the opportunity a few weeks ago to have a gentleman on to share with us about the new world of openless apps. And I'm very curious in terms of what an openless app is. And the good news is that I have with us to disambiguate this, Peter Lasowski, who is an accomplished senior executive and innovator with more than 30 years of success across high tech and product development. Peter has held leadership positions at companies as division manager for Hewlett Packard, Verifone, and Nike. He personally holds 12 patents. He's part mad scientist, part of the reason I like this guy. Part futurist, I like that too. Part capitalist, I'm on board. Peter peeks into the future and brings innovations to life today that people don't even know they need yet, but they will. I like that. His current innovation is a new software platform called Openless Apps that are replacing native phone apps and eventually websites. Oh, look out. All optimized for a mobile environment. His work has been featured in Inc. Magazine and will be in an upcoming issue of Forbes. Peter, come on in. The weather's fine. Hey, thanks for having me, Adam. I really appreciate it. It's nice to be on here. Oh, you bet. You bet. It's an honor a pleasure to have you. And just in addition to some of the things we cover in the green room and some of the things that we surfaced just by reading off that very nice official bio of yours, we are going to have some interesting things to go over as we – work our way through the hour we have together. But before we do that, before we dive in, I know that there may be some folks who already have a separate browser tab open, and they're looking up, what is Openless Apps? Who is Peter Lasowski? And let's tell them. So what I'd like to do is, aside from all the official excitement within your biography, tell us a little bit about your journey in your own words and what has brought you to where you are today, serving business creators, from the intersection of your brilliance and your passion? Well, that's a great question, and I'll try to keep it as concise as possible, Adam. 
uh, I've been doing uh, product development for over 30 years now, and I started as an engineer way back when. I uh, worked in a lot of different industries, like you had said in the bio there. You know, and I've always really wanted to make sure that technology that we create really elevates and uplifts human connectedness and right. um, solves a lot of problems. So, you know, whether it's, you know, good user interface design or it's good uh, – different products as far as handheld products, ergonomics, and things like that. You know, this is where all my work has come from. But at the same time, um, looking out and saying, okay, what's going on out here? What are some megatrends that are happening? And that's really how the story of the Openless app started because I have a business incubator called Enviral, and we look at different megatrends, not just, you know, in the software world, but in health and wellness and education and things like that. Um, We can talk about immersion experiences with holographic technologies and things that are coming, but these are all things that really answer and help provide a solution to people and also solve some things that just aren't working like they used to, like email marketing, websites, and phone apps. Um, And that's kind of how it got to open this apps. All right. So, yeah, rewinding, uh, going back, I'm thinking of back in the day up until about 10 years ago that I owned a web development firm. And part of the reason I got out of that, I mean, I actually let a lot of the clients go. I let my team go. I I just basically gave away a source of revenue is I recognized that the positioning of the business was really not something that I felt was, number one, the intersection of my brilliance and passion. And number two, 10 years ago, I was really seeing that, Although some things will always remain constant, there will never be anything as powerful you can do in your online marketing as getting people to enter their name and email address to get on your list because that that overcomes any issues with third-party platforms. That uh, having real estate that is attractive to search engines will always be the best way to be found. These are things I believe to be true. I found that even 10 years ago, just the nature a website development was changing so dramatically that it was fairly soon to be eclipsed. Now, I don't think it's been eclipsed yet, but we have moved so far into the mobile space that even Google at this point looks at the at the mobile version of a website primarily. It looks, is this thing mobile compatible before it really looks at anything else? And even in the way we design websites these days, and I use the word design loosely because the majority of people will either use WordPress themes or they'll use some third-party application like ClickFunnels or lead pages or something and rent the web space, even the designs that we view on our desktops are optimized for the mobile smartphone user. And what I found intriguing, and I actually want to start here if we can, is we heard a little bit earlier your hypothesis that these open apps may actually replace Website. So, actually, two-part question. Tell us specifically, what is an openless app? And then let's really just dive right in. And how do we feel that these might replace phone apps and websites? Sure. So, openless apps, really, in its simplest sense, Adam, really, openless means there's no downloads. So, if you look at, okay. you know, today's world of phone apps, I talk about this, like keynote all over the country, and you know, I don't really get into a lot of tech. I talk, I have, I call it my bobblehead talk because 
you know, whether it's 200 or 1,500 people in the audience, their their heads are shaking up and down because these are self-evident truths. So we'll talk about some of those today, and, and then there's a ton of stats that back all this up. But basically, right. openless means no download. And the problem, first of all, as you said very astutely, Adam, the world is living on these smartphones. We have three billion now, six billion by 2020. Eighty percent is Android. Twenty percent is iPhone in the world. Uh, it's like people's third arm. Um, they're they're using them for all kinds of different things. Uh, and many places around globally, the smartphone is their only device. It's phone. It's computing. It's entertainment. It's everything. It's messaging, right? So that's a, first the self-evident truth. That's not going away, just like back in 1993 when pundits came out and said, well, the Internet's a fad, and we know where it is today. So that's the first thing. The second thing is there's two issues that are going on out there. Uh, there's friction and there's overwhelm. And, and people these days, they do not have the patience. I've got about 16 years of neuroscience and brain research. We can also talk about two as well, and we've done a lot of tests. I have a neuroscientist I work with out of London, England. The the thing is, is that people are not willing to go out and go through the steps that they need to go through. Google just did a study, Adam, not too long ago, biggest data collector on the planet, and they came out after the study. This was a massive study, and basically every step a user has to take, 20% of the people drop out, and that's if they're interested. So these are things, yeah. you know, that it, it's a real problem. If you look at... Uh, Phone apps, for example. Um, Adobe just wrote an article lot, not too long ago that says, you know, the death of the phone app and now what's next because there are six steps you have to go through in order to actually download and use a phone app. And really, uh, there's been studies out there, somewhere between 60 and 85% of phone apps are deleted within the first week. Now, if sure. you're Uber, Uber or fa Facebook <laughs> or Google, yeah, you're going to use them. But for all the rest of us, that's not true. You know, I I was just speaking at a, a large um, organization out in Boston, Payments Ed Forum, and there was probably about 800 people in the audience. I was talking about streaming commerce because all the pundits say, well, you you know, to have an interactive experience, you need to have a phone app. And I, I said, look, I'm going to prove to you guys that that is not true. So what I did very simply is I said, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a little exercise. I said, how many of you guys, raise your hand in the audience, if you if you shop at five different stores, you know, like clothing stores and uh, Amazon and, you know, some of the other stores like locally, shoe stores, things like that. Everybody raised their hand. I said, now, let's add things like Home Depot, Jiffy Lube, things like that. How many of you shop at 10 stores? And about half the people raised their hand. And then what I said, well, <clears throat> here's what I want you to do. To prove my point, I want you guys, when I ask this question, look around the room. I said, how many of you have downloaded every single phone app that you that you shop at and you use it on a regular basis? One person in the whole audience raised their hand. I said, you see, this is the problem we have is people are saying download phone apps, but no one's doing it. <clears throat> so that's a, that's a huge issue. Now, going over to the website side of things, that's the overwhelm. Uh, and part of the problem, Google has created this problem too. In fact, uh, Rob Lacascio, who's a leading figure in the Internet space and e-commerce, came out and said, basically through a TechCrunch article, in 2018, there will be a brand that is going to abandon websites. And the reason is, is because all websites look the same. There is no brand differentiation because of what's happened with WordPress and things like that. 
HubSpot came out not too long ago, which is a very noted marketing company. Over, of and they did a study. They found out over 55% of the people spend less than 15 seconds on a website now. And it's because when you true. go to a website, it's like, where do I go? <laughs> I got all these menus. I got this homepage. They get overwhelmed and they bail. So this is these are, these are things that are self-evident truths that we're dealing with now. And the, and I tell people right now, the basically the connective tissue between your business is the mobile phone and an openless app because it matches the way a consumer wants to discover, message, and buy. We, we are in a world now of messaging. We are not in a world of talking on the phone. In fact, half the population in the United States is millennial and Gen Z. And they grew up in a time whether where there was just phones, smartphones, or where there was a PC. They don't want to talk on the phone. They will message you. They don't even answer voicemails because they don't want to. <laughs> oh, this is where, my God. where the world is going. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. I mean, I've you seen see, those, I've seen those statistics, and and I've dealt with this with uh, with my own business coach and with other business coaches who uh, who argue that there's nothing more effective than getting somebody on the phone, I say, yeah, that's great when you can get them on the phone. But here are the challenges. Correct. Number one, and this has been the case for you know for 20 years or more now, is that over 90%, uh, you know, according to an amalgamation of studies, and this is going back 20 years now, over 90% of unexpected and unscheduled phone calls will go directly to voicemail. That's been the case for so long already. Now, let's add this to some recent statistics that show that the majority of people don't listen to their voicemail. If they recognize the number and feel that they want to respond, they will usually text, although sometimes they may call back and may say, hey, I saw you called, what's up? Even if the yeah. person left the voicemail. Or if they do not recognize the number and the call was unexpected, they may, depending on their mood, they may call back or more likely text back and say, well, who the hell is this? What do you want? Or they may just let it go. So not only yep. do we have people that don't want to be on the phone, don't want to even listen to their voicemail, don't want to call back, don't want to text back. But as I've explained to many business coaches uh, you know, and others who say that there's nothing like getting people on the phone, I say, you know that I deal with a lot of people in my space that don't have phones. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. They, they, have yeah, this thing yeah. called a, they have this thing called a smartphone that is attached to a calling plan that gives that makes and receives calls, but they do not use it as a phone. And if you ask them for their phone number, they will not have one to give you because they don't want to be on the phone that much. So in many cases, if you want to have those one-on-one -on -one connections, you've got to know how to work it through the messenger. You've got to know how to work it through the Correct. email because that is where you're going to grab people. And a lot of people consume their yeah. email and consume their messages when they're in a place where they're not able to be on the phone, but they're waiting for something. Like I do three-fourths of my email checking while I'm waiting for something. That's when most of it gets done. That's just a real, a true statement. So, yeah, let's keep talking about open, let's keep talking about these, uh, these, uh, <laughs> these openless apps. I love it. I love it. And I also love you know, yeah. your example of the stores and the stuff about uh, how many apps we download to our phone. But I'm going to save that interjection for when you're done, because I know you shared with me earlier you have a lot more just on this one question. So go ahead. 
Well, yeah, it, you know, here's the other thing, too, and I'm going to bring this up because I talk, like I said, I talk all over the country, and I ask this question all the time. I say, how many of you guys like email? Everybody goes, no, get away from me. You realize even MailChimp came out, 8 in 10 people don't even open and read their emails anymore. The industry average right. is 20% open rate, 1% to 2% click-through rate, yet we think that's okay. See, this is the problem I have is, like, the customers have voted already. Uh, if You know, they're looking for, and you brought up very astutely, the messaging piece. I, I noticed this back in 2015. There was a, a Forbes article. That's where this kind of – I was working on this in my incubator, Adam, but it really piqued my interest. And there's a whole story about how I got some ahas of how I got to open this app. And by the way, the OpenList app, not only does it match the way a customer wants to search, message, and buy, but it also has a very interesting interface. We use talking animated characters in artificial intelligence, so it's entertaining. It's fun. People are interacting right. with these animated characters. And so, and that's a whole story in and of itself. But I, going back to my, my original premise, in December 2015, Forbes came out with an article, and they, in that article, they had showed this, this graph was from business intelligence research. And basically what it said, Adam, was more people were spending time on the top four messaging apps like Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, you know, all those kinds. Right. Then they were spending time on the top four social media sites, including Facebook. And I went, hmm, there's a platform shift going on here. So then it was in 2016, that's when Zuckerberg came out and said, hey, we're at the FA conference. We're opening up to – uh, to the message, Facebook Messenger to chatbots. So I played around with those, but I will tell you this, and maybe I'm a contrarian. We can talk about the email stuff in, in a second because I hate email. I want to kill email. I want to end it like email killed faxes. And a lot of right. people are with me, at least the people in my audience are going, right on, brother, keep it going. So, <laughs> but anyway, um, the thing about it is – I will tell my clients, we have some clients. This is brand new technology, so we don't have thousands of clients. We have a few clients, and we're building out, and we're doing some very interesting things. But I, tell, I get asked by people all the time. Uh, big, these are big clients, and they're saying, so is this a chat button? Are you doing this on Messenger? And I go, no, and they go, good. See, the reason why I say that is you do not want to be on rented land. You've seen what's happened with Facebook Messenger lately, not only with the Cambridge Analytica, but – not too long ago, uh, they, you know, millions of people were hacked on Facebook. Then Facebook was shut down for three hours. If you are a business person and you're running a good-sized business, you do not want to be on someone else's rented land and be, in, you know, impoverished to them. And you want your own data. So our OpenList app is part web app, part chatbot, part artificial intelligence, but it has a database back end, and the data is the company's data. Not Facebook's data, not WhatsApp's data. And that's very, very important when you look at this in running a business is you have to have your own data so you know and you can do your own analytics with it. Right. Very true. And, you know, I'm going to – here's a couple of things I have to say. Number one, as far as email, when we look at doing, you know, broadcast email and marketing that way, we have found that it actually still can be effective. When you do a few things, number one, we are at a point in time where anything that gets added to your email list must be 100% permission-based. Leave aside uh, can spam and Castle and now GDPR. Just leave all those aside. And I cheered right. all those things. I, I especially was excited about GDPR. I know that puts me in a very distinct minority because when I looked at GDPR, 
aside from a few of the things that are kind of extreme about it, overall what it's saying is, guys, you should have been doing this all along. And you know that bill you've been running up? Well, it's time to pay. That's how I viewed yeah. it. Yeah. But GDPR GDPR didn't affect my clients at all, uh, aside from them updating their privacy policies. That's it. It's all it affected them. Because they were doing the right stuff. So right. when you think so, so let's set let's that all this all aside. Because people are so overwhelmed with information, if you just dump them on a list or you pull that little scheme where it's like, I'm going to add you to the list and send you my newsletter and say, hey, I've added you to my list. If you want to keep receiving my stuff, do nothing. If not, you can click your unsubscribe. Well, to hell with that. Yeah. They'll immediately unsubscribe people, and then they'll take the, then they'll take the time to write you a nasty message just to underscore yeah. the point because they need to take out some crap in their life on somebody. It's going to be you. So we need permission based. We need to be frequently and persistently in contact with our list with valuable information and offers. Notice I said valuable information and offers. Both those things need to be present because the more you're persistently consistent about it, the more it will have a ramp up positive effect over time. That being said, that being said, um, as far as the chatbots, I find them useful as a way to generate conversations and facilitate getting connected to a human being. At the same time, I personally have not found much use yet for manufacturing entire conversations with skip logic. I think that's what we're referring to. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it is. And, you know, here's the thing. <clears throat> I'm not – the thing is email will still have its place uh, for a little while, and maybe a little while in the next three to five years. But I will say this. When you – the thing we do, and, and this speaks to what you were just talking about, uh, Adam, and here's the thing. If you go back to how people behave, right, and uh, we're going to talk about website chat and all that kind of stuff in just a second, but how people yeah. behave is they want to choose their own journey. They do not want to have marketing crap shoved down their throat, hence why you brought up the newsletter example, right? They get very right. agitated now, and you cannot do that. So part of what you need to do is you need to engage them, but you need to let them choose the journey that they want to take. Because if they're choosing their journey, the logic is they're probably interested in that, and they're going to want to receive more information related to that. Now, the only thing I will Correct. say is this, is there's, there's, if you look at email versus push notification uh, on you know, the phone, which is what we do, Versus text message marketing, ours are getting 90 to 95% open rates. And I don't think any email, I mean, if there's an email person out there listening to Adam's show, if you're doing that, I want to talk to you personally because I want to know what you're doing right. to get 95% open rates on your email because it ain't happening. Yeah. So yeah, the thing is, is that, <laughs> but here's the thing is it's the same as what you said, Adam, which is just because I have push notifications or I have chat bots and I have a higher open rate does not mean I can shove things down people's throat because that will make them mad. <laughs> and there are some big-name Internet people that I know that are doing that, and there's going to be a technology backlash. Not because chat is bad. It's the way it's used is bad by these people. And so that's going right. to ca cause people to get turned off. So we do not do that in any way in the openless app. But I will say this. I looked at, so you know about text message marketing, right, Adam? And oh, I, I looked I at do. that and I said, yeah. And I, I said, well, okay, I see this. This is very, this is great because it's get high open rates. But here's the problem. First of all, that has friction, right? 
I have to type in a short code, then I have to type in a keyword, then I have to go to my text message inbox and I gotta tap on a link. That's four steps of friction. So we developed yeah. a whole new QR code technology where you don't allow, download any QR code app. You basically turn the camera on, you hold it over, and boom, the Opalist app pops up. And this is, I mean, here's an example. So we're talking to a big company right now for sports arenas. So think about being at an NBA game or an NHL game or an NFL game or even college football. And up on the Jumbotron comes this big QR code for an offer to maybe enter a contest to sit in the owner's box during the end of the season. All they have to do is hold their camera up over the Jumbotron, and boom, the openless app pops up. The animated character starts talking to them. They enter for the contrast. We just, we just collected thousands of people into our database instantaneously. I do this when I'm talking all over the country. I have the QR code up on the screen. People are sitting in the seat. I say, look, if you want to interact or whatever the offer is or get this report, just hold your camera up, and boom, I collect every single person that does that just like that in a matter of a few seconds. I don't have an opt-in. I don't do email because people just aren't reading email anymore. And then I let them choose their journey inside the Openless app. That's very interesting. And, you know, when I – Another thing I thought of earlier is, you know, when it's talk, it comes to downloading apps, yeah, you know, a couple years ago, it seemed like every conference that I went to, uh, they said that I needed to download some app to get the full conference experience. And I'm not going to yeah. – I'm not putting this down, for instance. I'm not saying that any app is bad because I think that all apps that are properly marketed and deliver a, a – like the service are, are good. I, I think that's fine. But uh, there is a um, – there was an app called, I believe it was called Layar, L-A-Y-A-R, uh-huh. and I remember, uh, and I remember being at this conference. And they said we need you need to download the Layar app so that you can get the videos we prepared for you uh, as part of your conference experience. And I'm thinking, I just flew across two time zones. I'm spending three nights on a hotel, uh, planes, eating this garbage hotel food and a partridge in a pear tree for the conference <laughs> experience. I'm not downloading some app. I could have done that yeah. at home. And that, goes, and that goes to my larger point is I think there's a fatigue of people downloading apps, downloading apps, and then their phone slows down to a crawl like an overloaded hard drive because that's what a smartphone is. It's a computer. It has a hard drive like everything yeah. else. And, uh, and then it gets to the point like you, know, you mentioned, for instance, the Facebook app. I don't have the Facebook app downloaded because of what it does in terms of battery drain. Just not yeah. having that app versus having that app, the impact that has on – battery drain and since i'm not going to be walking around holding a phone up to my face filming those walk and talk videos because i refuse to do it i don't need to have the app because there's nothing else that the app does that's that important to me there's no video that i need to watch on facebook that is so urgent that i can't just wait for it to go into replay mode so i just i just access facebook off my browser and uh and i'm frequently looking at my phone to say two things number one these apps, do I still need them that I downloaded? And second is, what the hell was this app? I never downloaded this. Yeah. <laughs> whether I whether I did or I didn't, whether it was injected onto my phone, I don't know. Whether I just never yeah. noticed it before, I don't know. But as I peel back the layers, more and more things seem irrelevant. I mean, let's bear in mind, this is not a political statement. You know, we currently have the President of the United States who has harnessed the power of Twitter to the the fact that he to the level that he can impact the financial markets with tweets. 
That's the only app he has installed on his phone. One app. One. Yeah. So uh, you don't need a lot of apps. No, that's my point. No, it's yeah. very, it's very, it's very, it's very powerful what you just said. And you know, the thing about it is, is that I, I will tell you our openless apps. So you know, if someone again, if they have the instant and then they choose the journey, the common sense is. They're obviously interested in something. Now, we follow all the same thing just like text. You can hit stop or unsubscribe and get out of the openless app. But what it will do is after you've been in a time or two, it, the screen will pop up and it will ask, would you like to add it to your home screen? You can say yes, and it adds it to your home screen, and it looks like a native phone app, but it, nothing was downloaded. But it has all of the right. – like, let me give you another case example here. So let's say – uh, we have a big name speaker, and they're out on the speaking circuit, and the company is going to promote them for their event. So they go into the op- the the person who might be interested in that speaker goes into the openless app. There can be some different. There can be animated characters of that person. There can be videos. Uh, anything that, or if a person has a message or a question, a video can pop up. But basically, it goes through and says, okay, which speaker would you like to choose? They choose the speaker. They can sign up for the event. A couple days before, they can get a push notification that reminds them the event's coming up. The day of, they can get, okay, you're basically your, your event's today. Um, it's going to be about this much time in traffic because we have that capability in the openless app. Would you like driving directions? Yes, boom. They don't need to go to Waze or Google Maps anymore. This is another big thing that... It's very, very important, and I'm going to bring up why it is. It's called single hub. You have to keep people in the world that they want to be in and not send them out, and here's why. So, Adam, you ever had this experience where you went to a website, you clicked on a YouTube link, you went out to YouTube, and 10 or 15 minutes later, you're on the fourth or fifth video, and you go, why am I even here? <laughs> I forgot never, how I even never, got here. Gee, that's never happened today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's so it's the thing. It's, and businesses do this all the time. Here's another one. I was going to get back to the website thing. So you've probably had this happen. You ever gone to a website and there's no chat at all, and you had a question, or have you gone to a website and you clicked on chat and no one was there, and they said, "Leave an email. We'll get back to you in 24 hours." I See, you know a, that yeah that's yeah I've seen that where yeah the chat is shut off and they say, well, we'll respond, we'll respond within yeah. 24 hours. I mean, if your chat is not available during your off business hours, you know, that's fine because not everybody, it may be in a place where they can afford to man the chat 24 seven and not all people may even find it appropriate to do so. But I believe that most of those chat programs can be configured. So the chat just simply disappears when it's not available. Well, it can because yeah, I know, yeah, here, here, I know when I, yeah, go ahead. Here's the here's the thing though. This is what I equate it to. This is another common sense, self evident truth. Our world these days, people want instant. They want twenty four seven. So I put it this way to to my audiences. How would you like it if you went to the grocery store at nine p.m. at night and there was a big sign on the store that the door that said, "Sorry, we're closed. Come back tomorrow." You see, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And people, they want an answer. When they want an answer, they want an answer. Guess what we did? We said, okay, well, we're going to put chat inside the openness app. We're going to use artificial intelligence so when people ask questions, they get instant answers. 
And then the ability, right. if they want to have live chat, they can tap and have live chat, or if they want to tap and call somebody, they can. But this solves, because what we found out is a good portion of questions that people ask, they're redundant, they're FAQs, right? They're frequently asked questions. So you can handle those. These, this is called rules-based artificial intelligence. It's not machine learning, although we are doing that with data science and predictive models, and we can talk about that if you guys want to, too. But the thing is, is that a lot of that stuff can get handled 24-7 because I guarantee you, we do this all the time as a consumer. This is why I tell people in my audience, I say, well, if you're doing it, don't you think your clients and customers might be doing this too? If you go somewhere and you have a question and you don't get the answer on that website, you're going to go to your the competitor and you're going to go until someone answers your question and guess who gets the business then? Not the person that didn't have chat, the one that did. This right. is this is the world we live in, right? So we we have all I all I did in this thing is I said, well, let's not have any friction. Let's make it or as low friction as possible. Let's keep it open. Let's let's give everybody the the functionality. We can do push notification. We can do event reminders. We can do geolocation. I mean, we we can talk at length about proximity marketing, the new physical web that's coming up with low energy Bluetooth devices. There's all kinds of stuff, emergent technology with holographic uh, characters popping out of your screen. Um, these are all things that are coming. The platform we've created is the foundational platform that can allow all of these things to exist, but it's on the phone. It's the person's third arm. It's where they're living. Yeah, and that's very, and that's very interesting, you know, because you made me think of something, the, uh, the FAQs, and now that you mention it, I see more in some of these chat boxes when they're offline and even sometimes when they're online before they'll connect you to a live rep, they'll say, uh, does your question have to do with one of these things based on a keyword that you type? And many yeah. times it's actually pretty intuitive when people write their FAQs properly and they have an understanding of what the frequently asked questions and what the SAQs, which are the should be asked questions are. They can solve a lot of mm -hmm. things that way. My point earlier was, is if I'm opening up a chat box, it's because I'm in a chatty mood. It's not because I want to be told you're open tomorrow. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, so another, so another way we could, so another way we could look at that is instead of teasing us, having us start to initiate a chat and then tell us it's closed, maybe start by telling us that, uh, you know, chat representatives are available from nine to five central time, Monday through Friday. In the meantime, we have our resource database, we have our email, we have our phone, you have all these other ways of getting a hold of us. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's a good way to do it. I, I always prefer, though, I look at uh, the aspect of most people want instant. They want it now. They want it 24-7. They want it instant. They do not want to wait. That's I mean, true. Shoot, the average attention span, we've done neuroscience testing in my own company, and there's been many others that have done it. The average attention span of a human being is now about eight seconds. And you know what's interesting about oh. it is we've done – well, it gets even funnier because they've tested yeah. goldfish, and they have an attention span of nine. So we have less attention I know. span of goldfish now. <laughs> I've, seen, I, I've seen that. I've seen that. We've, we've, yeah. we're, we're actually we, getting beat by the goldfish. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, the the thing is is that – you know, you can increase the attention span if you get and hold attention, basically if it's engaging and it's what they're interested in and what they want, right? This is a passive like, well, I'm getting this thing presented to me and is this interesting or not interesting? 
or even down to some of the crock brain, the filter in your brain, which is, is it fight or flight? And there's things we consider there because you've got to get beyond the cells filter uh, as well. We call this um, basically how you move people from screen to screen inside an openless app. But at the end of the day, it has to be what they're choosing. It has to be permission-based. It has to be engaging and entertaining. It's kind of like um, a video game, right? A lot of people play video games, and like Zelda, for example, they get to go into whatever land they choose, and they go wherever they want. They fight the monsters that they want to fight. It's the yeah. same thing in sales and business. You have to let them go into the land that they want to choose, not what you want to shove down their throat, right? So hence the power of having that kind of capability available in an openless app is really, really beneficial. And this is why we're getting the engagement uh, we're getting the interactions. I mean, the chat, the whole animation thing, Adam, came out of uh, back, well, of course, this, you know, technology, two years is a long time. I started uh, chat, building chatbots, and realized they're kind of like a one-legged dog running because they're limited in what they can do. But I started with an emoticon. I call him Chase, and I give him a little personality. And we had, I have a wellness center in my business holdings because wellness is another huge mega trend that we're in. And it's my right. testing ground. But I found out what was interesting is we did a, a Facebook Messenger test because our Facebook ads are getting very expensive. You probably have talked to people or you maybe you know your cost per leads are going up on Facebook too. So the Messenger ads, they're, they're a lot less expensive, and then we passed them into a chatbot. We got a really good return. It was about 13 to 1. But the thing that really got wow. me, Adam, was the fact that people messaged the chatbot, me back, and they were going, that Chase guy was kind of funny because I gave him a personality. He's kind of quirky. You know, he popped yeah. off at people. But it was it was interesting because they said that Chase guy was kind of funny. They never said that bot. Now, this was a smaller data sample. I probably got maybe 25, 30 people. So I thought, well, I wonder if something is up here. So fast forward, we did a, we got on uh, John Lee Dumas' show on Entrepreneur on Fire, which you know is a pretty yep. big podcast. And so I thought, well, there's going to be a lot of people come in. So we created this. We created this chatbot as another test because I wanted. This is where we were developing our user interface. We got written up in Inc. Magazine for this uh, last November, last fall, so almost a year ago. But it was um, what was interesting is we're sitting there and thinking, okay, we got to make, we got to create this interactive, engaging experience. I don't want it to be a bot. It can't be a human because you don't want to fool people. So I thought we got to make it this third thing. We came up with this idea of using Wilson, the volleyball from Castaway. Remember that with Tom Hanks? <laughs> so yep. he was this little he was this little pit of having volleyball. And he was the MC for a game show which was based on the Survivor T V show, right? So we had a, a beach challenge, a hiking challenge, and a fishing challenge. Well, in short, what happened, Adam, which was really cool is we had almost ninety four percent of the people finish the entire challenges and these were like three to five minutes long. So it it was very engaging and we held their attention for that length of time. We had about 70% of the people fill out the contest. That was all good. But what what cemented it in my mind is we had several hundred people that messaged us. We didn't ask them. And they messaged. They said, that Wilson guy, this thing was really fun. I enjoyed talking to Wilson. He was like, cool. Do you guys have like a Wilson too? Come back. So I was like, aha, we got, we're on to something. This was the what was born of the user interface we created with these animated characters. And hence, we have found that people are – interacting more, chatting more, and giving up more information to an animated character than a real person. 
because they're not threatening. Uh, it's very, very interesting what's happening. Yeah. Um, now, going back to this, how, why are they identifying? There was a, uh, you know, like I said, I've done a lot of neuroscience testing, but also a lot of research. Princeton University, Adam, did a really interesting study a few years ago. They had these, uh, their swimmer caps, they're called EEG, electroencephalogram. It measures the brainwave patterns uh, of a person. And they had two people in the room. One was telling a story and one was listening to the story. And what they found out, Adam, is their brainwave patterns during the storytelling and listening was almost identical. Now, why that's powerful is this. And this is how it relates to these animated characters. When it's the same thing as when you're in a particular situation like that, let's say you're watching a tearjerker movie, right? We typically all tear up. When you're watching something funny, you laugh because in the reward circuit, which is in the limbic center in your brain, you are identifying with that character as if it's real or as if you are the character. Even though in your neocortex, you know it's not real. And this is what's happening with these animated characters. People are identifying with them as if they are real, even though logically they know they're not. Wow. You know, that that is interesting. And what I'd like to seize upon is where you said, because it's non-threatening. And I'm, right, I'm going to make a confession here, Peter, if I can. Sometimes <laughs> sure. when I'm in a funny mood, sometimes when I'm in a funny mood, and I know that I'm on a chat, and I and I can and I can tell because an intelligent person can usually tell that I'm dealing with a robotic personality rather than a human personality. I'll screw with them a little bit just to see if they can give it back to me as good as I give it. And the ones that do, <laughs> when my and the ones that do, it's like I want to give them a, a fist bump right through my monitor, like "Well played, sir. Well played." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I'll, yeah, we, I'll, we I'll do just, those. I'll just type silly stuff and screw with them just to see if they hit back. Because I want, I want, I want to feel that burn. I want them to respect my burn with a burn of their own. I mean, I want to yeah. do this player to player. If you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, that gets back to what you said earlier, Adam. It's kind of the SAQs, right? Should be. Asked. We we put in what we call Easter eggs in our in our chat interface, which is like if you say a particular thing, because it can recognize keywords or keyword phrases. If you're saying something where you're trying to do a dig or whatever, we try to do our best. Obviously, nothing's ever 100% perfect. To have it come back, you know, with some kind of a, you know, a smart, a smart response. Because it, if it can get you to chuckle a little bit, this is what, you know, think about it, right? At the end of the day, if you're really good at marketing and selling, you're good at getting people to connect, be relatable, and get them to laugh a little bit, right? Because they're going like, yeah, that was, that was kind of funny, right? So, that's really the key thing of what we're trying to do here is we're trying to make everything relatable, the characters relatable. Here's another example. So we know testimonials are good. Well, why are they good? Well, because it releases serotonin in the brain. We know that from neuroscience testing, which is the an oxytocin, which is the relatability aspect. But imagine having us a, 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 in our openless app, what we could do is we can ask just some generalized questions. And it doesn't have to be anything too threatening. We could say, well, so can you tell me, are you a male or female? And obviously, this has to be in context. Or right. can you tell me, are you like in your 30s, 40s, 50s? So we're not asking their real age. So let's say it's a female and she says she's in her 50s and we're working with a hair care product. We can even ask, well, can you tell me, um, you know, what, what's your, uh, you know, what's your ethnic background? 
what we can do is we can serve up testimonials of females in their 50s in that same ethnic background, if that's what they gave, that shows testimonials of, of women just like them. Now, think about that for relatability. That's pretty powerful when someone is looking at someone else and going, wow, that person's just like me, and they're getting the results, so I probably could get that too. <laughs> See, it's right. no longer one Very size fits true. all. Yeah, you, you, we can't do this one size fits all anymore. This is part of the reason I think why there's going to be a downfall of websites because Google has made it so it's one size fits all. And that's why I think Rob Lakasha and his prediction in 2018, a big company is going to to basically take their website down because it is hurting their brand. Right. And, you know, that you, you raise a good point here because – I think about six or seven years ago, I began saying very strongly, the website is a tool. It's not a goal. And the businesses that I see pending everything against, we have to get the website done, are just totally missing it. If you need to have a web presence, you can have a web presence up today. You can do it. It may not be the most gorgeous, perfectly branded thing, but it can be something that can be growing your business today. You should be getting your customers to pay for that. But yeah, you know, especially since we're now basically in a mobile first world. In fact, yeah. If you have your in fact, if you have your Google Analytics set up properly, it should be showing that Google's taking the mobile first approach to your website. And if it's not, then you need to look at your website, you need to look at your analytics and figure out why that is not the case because we really yeah. are very much in a mobile world. As I said at the beginning, even your desktop websites and I Sometimes with some of my consulting clients have to explain that whole concept of what's above the fold doesn't mean anything anymore. And that, yeah, the reason why you have these short little paragraphs with this big text is because this is optimized for the mobile view. And even when people are looking at your desktop, they are looking at it through the eyes that are conditioned towards their mobile device. So you have yeah. to respect and that. And that's, that's exactly. Yeah, that's the key thing. By the way, this is the only probably the only technical thing I'm going to say in the whole talk with you, Adam, is OpenLess apps are W3C compliant, and you know what that means. That means you can be found on page one of Google. Uh, the thing is, the other thing, guys, too, to remember, being responsive is very, very important, but that's only part of the key. That's like saying chatbots are the end-all solution. That's why I said they're a one-legged dog running because they're limited. They don't have – you can't collect data. you got to do integrations with different tools, and I know those links break because I've done it. The thing about it is the website being responsive just means that it will size, but it loses – you don't have any of the phone app functionality, right? So you, that's the key right. thing. If you're going to be from a small screen up, you better be able to do the phone app functionality, which is the push and the geolocation and all of these things that we can do in OpenList apps. We even have offline functionality, which is very important. There are parts of the United States and parts of the world, Adam, that their Wi-Fi or cell service is not all that great, or maybe they don't have it in certain spots. So imagine having caching abilities where they can watch videos, they can fill out forms, and basically when they get back into Wi-Fi or cell service, it all automatically updates in the background. All of our OpenList apps update in the background. You don't need to go to iTunes and Google Play and install the new update. That, to me, that's ludicrous. The only reason why these guys are doing this is because they're making revenue off of these uh, different app stores. But it's not that is not the way the customers want it. That's the way the companies that are doing this want this, and this is where uh -huh. the clash is coming in. 
because the customers, they voted. They've already voted. Just like you said earlier in our interview, it's like when I get a phone call, if I don't recognize the number, I don't answer it because guess what? We have caller ID. We have the power in our hands to shut people out if we don't want them in our world. Uh, it's, yeah. it's no let different add, than yeah. I – go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, and let, <laughs> let, me add, let me add something else too because I think it just – I'm so sorry. Just, it just, it just I have a passion for this. And we're a little bit, in my opinion, beyond the day where if you leave a message for somebody, you get to ask them the next, three days later, even the next day, hey, I called you and you didn't call back. As I see it, yeah. as I see it, as I see it, the, the, the half-life of a voicemail is about 30 minutes. So they didn't call back today, then you ain't getting a call back, and uh, you ain't asking for one either. Call again or find another way. Yeah, or text them or message them. I mean, you're, you're exactly right what you said earlier is the world, and it's showing out. I mean, guys, you can do all, you can do all this stat research to prove me right or wrong because I've done the right. research. The stats are showing people want to message. I mean, like I said, half, almost half the population now is millennial and Gen Z. So if you guys listening down them show and you have a business, whether it's service-based or product-based, I kind of think you want to start looking at not just catering to the baby boomers, uh, to start looking at the millennials and Gen Zs. And they think and act totally different. I mean, I, I'll go back. One of the examples, right? as far as shutting people out. This is another thing I say in my my talk is like, so Adam, have you, have you bought a car like in the last five or 10 years? Yep. At a dealership. Okay. So yep. here's the thing. This happens all the time, right? So people, I, I asked myself, so if you bought a car lately and you went to a dealership, you ever had the situation where like two to five guys are standing out there and you're coming up to the yep. dealership. What do you think? It's like, uh Oh, this is trouble. right? <laughs> Cause you know, you're going to get pounced on. This is why we have TrueCar, Carvana, Fair App Experience, where you can go in, you could do the research on your phone, you could select the car you want, you could fill out your lease papers, get approved, have the car delivered to your door, and two months later, if you don't like it, they can deliver you another one through the app and take the other one away. I talk about this in terms of Netflix and Blockbuster and Hollywood Video, right? And this is in this is goes back to the the boiling frog story, right? So. People, if you guys, you probably all heard of the boiling frog, but the boiling frog basically yep. is, you know, if you put a frog in water and you slowly heat the temperature up, pretty soon you can take it to boiling and you'll you'll boil that frog alive and they won't jump out because they're acclimating to the warmer and warmer temperature. The reason why I bring this up, Adam, and for all you guys listening, is this. Your business is the frog. The technology around the business is the water that's getting heated up. And if you don't do something you will end up being boiled alive. If you're not moving away to the way these customers have voted on their small phones, you know, on, their, on a small screen up. If you don't believe me, look at Blockbuster and Hollywood Video with Netflix. Look at Sears, JCPenney, Kmart. I ask people, how many of you guys got a Kmart in your neighborhood anymore? <laughs> you know, I mean, and it's I not do. just big conglomerates. <laughs> I have a Kmart. You're one of the few. Yeah, well, that's good. Good for you. Most Kmart, I mean, I looked at, in fact, I really, my prediction is Sears is, they're in big trouble. They're going to go out of business this year is my prediction. Yep, they are. If you look at their financials, they're just bleeding. And here's the thing. There's a guy, uh, Scott Galloway, he's up on YouTube. He's a pretty sharp guy. He's, I think, an NYU professor. But one of the things he said, and I agree with him, he said, you know, Amazon didn't kill these guys. It was the, the mobile phone, mobile first experience that killed these guys. 
because there's a lot of e-commerce stores. Obviously, Amazon's the big gorilla. But, you know, when you can lay in bed and order plumbing for your bathroom model <laughs> through an e-commerce store and have it delivered to your home for free, guess what people are going to do? They're going to go to those e-commerce stores. They're not going to go out and shop for this stuff. So this is where the world's going. This is uh, what the way the customer has voted, the way they want to interact, the way they want to have the experience. And that's why I say about the boiling frog, you have to wake up, guys, to this fact that the water temperature is rising and you are going to get boiled alive if you don't do something different. Yeah, and I got to tell you, and I want to make sure I understand this correctly, one of the benefits of openless apps is, you know, we don't have to download anything, which is very nice, which means uh, we're also taking care of some storage issues. So when you look at it, it's a streamlined way of yeah. doing business. Because otherwise, it, like let's say you have an app and you have 30 million copies of this app downloaded, the 30 million smartphones or, or tablets or, or Chromebooks or what have you, then that's. 30 million asynchronous paths of data delivery because people will not update them at the same time. And then you're dealing with bug reports and all other kinds of things you don't need to deal with. They're just going to get in the way of you effectively doing business. Whereas if it's openless, you update it in one place and everybody else just takes it. Yeah, because it's all web-based. So it doesn't right. have, that's the thing. And, I, you know, I, a lot of people are non-tech. I'll just tell you this, guys. Here's the thing. From a developer standpoint, we have to develop for iOS, for the iPhone. We have to develop for Android. And like I said earlier in the right. discussion here, 80% of the world is Android. Part of it is because of the way Apple operates with their iOS. It's very difficult. So, but if you're web-based, like Adam said, everything updates through the web, it's all, uh, it's not asynchronous. We don't have to do updates in iOS and updates in Android. It's cross-platform. It's cross-device. That's what makes it so much more powerful. But, you know, the thing about it is it's just easier for the user. That's the key point. At the end of the day, yeah. here's the thing, Adam. People don't care, like, in our openless app, they may be uh, chatting with the animated character. They may be... Uh, going through uh, part of the the web app, they're they don't they're just in another screen. They don't know like we have a so for you guys that are going oh my gosh I I have all this investment in my website properties and all this stuff. Well, guess what? For for all you guys that already have investments, we have what's called WebView technology. We can bring your website into our openless app, so you don't have to recreate it from scratch. They are not, they are in your website, but they're in your openless app. They stay in the hub. So there's no additional investment for you, but they're not going out anywhere. They're staying in the hub. We're engaging them in the hub. It's just another screen. And at the end of the day, the consumer does not care whether they're on your website or they're in the app. They're having an experience, and that's all they care about. Let me let me relate something that comes to, comes to mind here. Uh, when you're in – any sort of consulting business where you're working hands-on with a with an organization, more often than not, you're going to find yourself added to some sort of project management system, whether it's Basecamp or Teamwork or whatever one is out there. And when you have multiple clients, you may find yourself in multiple versions of this system. And uh, you know, I participate in a few because my clients use them. In fact, in a couple places with a couple of the clients, I not only led implementation of these systems, 
but I currently provide quality control and quality focus to make sure that those applications are being used properly to manage communications where the 19 emails on one subject that uh, 32 people are copy-pasted on. Not that I have any feelings <laughs> about that. So then, comes, so then comes along, there's this organization I belong to that wants to start with this, this other app so that the work group can communicate among themselves. And my question was, is, uh, okay, this is fine, but my requirement for all these is I get pinged by email so that I know that there's something I need to log into the system for because Basecamp and Teamwork and all that do that, where if there's a task assigned to you, an update on a task or a project is added or whatever, it pings you by email that says, hey, go, go deal with this. And you, yeah. usually you can actually also manage that through your email by clicking reply and typing above the line. So like if you're traveling and you're doing it from a smartphone, you can't log into the, to the uh, website, you know, what have you. So there's this one where it's like, uh, you know, I, 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 I asked 20 different ways, where am I getting my email notifications? And the response I kept getting was, well, you need to install an app. I said, I'm not installing an app. So I guess I won't be participating in your system. And goodness gracious, they didn't push very hard because I would have pushed back even harder. It's like, I'm not installing anything so that I can communicate with you when I already have four ways of communicating with you. That's not happening. So even though we are keeping email in the loop for this particular example, it's still the idea that people don't want to download yet another app. Yeah, it just it, people have had it. They're they're at the end of their rope, and and like I said, that's why I say the 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 person, the consumer, the client, whoever, your business partner, everybody's voted. They've already voted. This is yeah. not, oh, this is the future. <laughs> and out of you just brought up a perfect example. And I just tell people, yeah. it's like you know, if I was talking to you, I go, well, Adam, if you're that way, do you think your customers and clients are that way? And you go, heck yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> they are. <laughs> oh yeah, right. oh yeah, yeah. For this one client I'm thinking of, when we implemented teamwork, one of the goals, one of the goals was, and this was expressed by the client, is it's fine if I, if it's fine for me to get pinged by email, but I am not installing apps on my smartphone. Said the client. So we had to make sure yeah. that it was an appless application, which you know it's web based, which is fine because it's still appless. So we're actually at the top yeah. of our time here, believe it or not. This flew by. We have two minutes left before they kick us off and go to the next uh, what have you. I want to give one of those minutes to you. Somebody wants to take us to the next level. What do they do? Well, you can do a couple things. Uh, one thing is if you want to reach out. I'm on LinkedIn, guys. So if you just looked up uh, Pete Lasowski and it's L-I-S-O-S-K-I-E, you can do that on LinkedIn. Yep. Or you can type in Openless App on LinkedIn. You can find us there. Or if you want to just go to OpenlessApp.com, um, we'll pop up. Uh, and you'll, you can do, you know, if you want to have the, the most fun, I mean, we're, we're device independent. We show up nicely, responsibly on, on tablets and desktops and laptops. But if you want the full, you know, experience of an openless app, like I talked about with Adam here on the phone, just do it on your, your iPhone or Android phone at openlessapp.com. And then you can kind of see what, uh, what that's all about. Again, this is a new technology, guys. Um, yep. We do have clients. We don't have thousands, but we have we have clients, and uh, we're moving ahead in a lot of different big vertical spaces. I just say, look, you know, if you can get the kind of open rates above 80% versus 20%, or you're getting over 50% click-throughs versus 2% on email, or 
people are leaving your website or you're looking for a different way to build from a small screen up, uh, this is really a good way to go, at least to Absolutely. just check it out and see if it's a fit. If it's not, that's okay, too. No big deal. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so go to chatbotnation.co or openlistapp.com. It's openlistapp.com. Correct. Wisotsky, yep. thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and an education. Thank you, Adam, for having me on. I really appreciate chatting with you. Uh, a lot of fun. You bet. You bet. For everybody listening, this is Adam Homey host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes and let us help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.